This is episode 27, and it's a solo episode with me, Tiffany Hinton, and we're talking about getting our chicken coop today on Cultivating Guts. Hello, it's Tiffany, and welcome back to Cultivating Guts, a podcast where we discuss gardening, homesteading, gut health, and following our intuition. I'm super excited to be back with you guys. We took a break last week over the 4th of July, and so much has happened since we got back from Florida. So if you remember, I did a whole new moon episode, talked about a ritual in Florida, and then we came home and we're back on the homestead and our chicken coop is arriving and there's so much setup happening around the chickens. And so today's podcast, I am going to be talking about getting prepared for the baby chicks to come. What have I done? What steps have I taken? And hopefully helping some of you that are on the fence um, about, you know, thinking about, do I get the chickens? Do I not get the chickens? Can I get them in the summer? Um, We'll talk through some of that today. And also I'm simultaneously video recording. So you can see this podcast video on Spotify or on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash Tiffany Hinton. Hello, hello. If you're on video, it's so nice to see you. Uh, And before we get started, I want to make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Cultivating Guts podcast. Send me your screenshots of your review to Tiffany at gfmomcertified.com. We will send you our free four-day hacking your health gut detox plan. And if you are listening and you find a favorite part, a silly face, something in the video or in the podcast that just like hits you over the head and you're like, oh my gosh, uh, take a screenshot and send that to Instagram stories and tag us at GF Mom Certified or at Cultivating Guts. We love to repost and I'm excited to hear what you think of today's podcast. And if you have any suggestions for us on getting these chickens up and going, I'll open to that. So send those along as well. And without further ado, we're going to do a quick word from our sponsor. Today's podcast is sponsored by Non-Disclosure Apparel. And it is my go-to everyday bra like we've been talking about on the podcast. Super excited when I met Becky a little over a year ago and found their brand new Ellie Brellettes. Actually, I'm wearing one today. Uh, Not only because it has nipple coverage, but also because it has no wiring. It is super, super comfortable. It's not compressing like a sports bra would be. And I can wear it under t-shirts no issues, no nipples. And people that are listening to the podcast are probably like, what, Tiffany? Honestly, yeah, my girls wear them. Uh, Our photographer now has one and it is becoming this thing. And so if you do not yet have yourself an Ellie Bralette, not only is it a female-owned company designed and made in the USA, right here in the US, uh, it is a company that, and and if you go back to one of our earlier podcasts, you're going to hear Becky, but it is, Becky designed this company for her own need and to benefit other women and other little girls who were having embarrassing moments because their nipples were showing through their t-shirts or showing through their dresses. So definitely, I am super excited to have Non-Disclosure Apparel as a podcast sponsor for my own reasons, but also so we can help more young girls and women and just people that are, maybe you're doing yoga, you're doing farm chores, you're doing whatever, you're working from home. It's your everyday go-to bra. And we have a very special discount for our community only. And that code is GFMOMP15. That saves you 15% off your total purchase. And then if you order two Ellie Bralettes, you will also receive free shipping. So we'll put all those details in the show notes, but definitely check out the Ellie Bralette by Non-Disclosure Apparel. All right. 
I am excited to talk about this topic. It is super fun. It is just, I don't know, there's so much happening. Um, so chickens are coming, right? Chickens are coming from the mailman. <laughs> a lot of you are like, wait, what? Yes. Uh, they ship chickens in the United States Postal Mail. And um, I learned that this spring when I was like, well, I wonder how we get chickens. Do we have to go to a farm? Do we have to go to a chicken supplier? Do we go to the hatchery? Where do we get them? And then I started following, and actually, you guys, a few episodes ago, Hafsa was on our podcast, so that's an episode you definitely want to check out if you are thinking about chickens or are currently raising chickens. Um, Homestead Hafsa was on, and I got her new book, signed up for her chicken course, and it's been super fun. And um, but in following some of her Instagram posts and different reels that she was doing. She was at Tractor Supply Company and she was getting chicks from Tractor Supply Company. In the reel, she's explaining like sexed versus unsexed and like female chickens and all that stuff that you need to know if you're going to get chickens and you're in the city or you're in the suburbs because we're not allowed to have any roosters. And so I definitely needed to ensure I was ordering only female chickens um, and baby chicks. And not necessarily doing any eggs and doing any incubating and hatching ourselves because we could hatch a rooster that we would have to then get rid of. Um, so in learning that, I went to Tractor Supply's website because Tractor Supply is about 40, 45 minutes from us uh, on the way to Wisconsin. And then I started researching chickens on Tractor Supply. And this is kind of the story of how did we get where we are? <laughs> and it's, I love it. So it started with, as many of you know, if you listen to the podcast regularly, you know, like on my garden dream board this year, we were doing garden planning, right? And one of the steps of garden planning is to go through the seed catalogs, just like you would other magazines, and create a dream board of what you want your garden to look like, what you want to grow. And I put chickens on my garden dream board. And then later I was like, hmm, do I really want them? Or did they just look cute in the picture? No, I really want them. Well, why do I want them? And we had this, you know, this whole internal mental conversation going on in my brain, like chickens, mm, yes, no, maybe so. And then I started following some chicken Instagram accounts like Hospas and Chick Beauty and some others. And I was like, oh yeah, we're definitely getting chickens now. Not just because they're cute and fun, because they actually have a job to do, and I need them to do that job on my biodynamic homestead. I need them to eat the excess bugs. I need them to have poop. I need them to aerate the soil. I need them to do a bunch of stuff on our land. And so we are getting working chickens, and they will be working for their food. Um, and then, like I said, ended up on Tractor Supply Company and found out that the chickens get shipped via U.S. mail, and they can be delivered to Tractor Supply, and you can drive and pick them up, or they can be delivered to your local post office. So we went with the deliver to our local post office. And tomorrow morning, I am expecting a phone call from our local post office because I've been watching the tracking numbers, and we have a tracking number. It has not been shipped because I'm guessing that the the eggs are hatching today. We're getting an assortment of female Brahmas, so buff Brahmas, white Brahmas, and brown Brahmas. And we'll have then brown eggs, cream eggs, and pink eggs uh, for our chickens. They won't lay the eggs until they're about eight months old, so we won't have any eggs until next spring, but we will have chickens. 
and they will be growing and doing their work and learning our homestead and their way around and getting used to their schedules of when they're allowed outside and when they're inside and all of that stuff this winter and getting used to the rabbit and, you know, and just getting to know our little farm, our little suburban farm. Uh, so yeah, mailman is bringing chickens in the morning. So expecting that phone call tomorrow morning, the brooder is set up. So let's talk a little bit about the brooder. I posted some pictures this week in our Instagram stories. The brooder that we chose to use with some coaching from Haspa, who then messaged me a little while ago as well yesterday and was like, hey, your heater has to be positioned a little differently in your brooder. And I was like, cool, I'll go fix that. So we took a large tote, right? Like Rubbermate tote, one of the big ones. I took a drill and took the lid off, got rid of the lid and drilled holes along the rim of the tote so I can use zip ties, cut myself a piece of wire cloth, the same wire cloth that we used to build the, the chick, the chicken, the rabbit hutch. So the same little squares, cut that to fit. That way it can be zip tied down so we don't have anything climbing into the chickens, any extra cats or anything like that. The baby chicks, we've got the hemp bedding in the, the bottom of the rubber tote. Then I have, we have a heat plate. That's what we got from Tractor Supply. We got a heat plate. It's got legs on it, so it'll act as a brooder hen. So when the little chicks are cold, they can go under the heat plate. The heat plate will then help keep the brooder, the, the bucket that we have, um, 100 degrees that first week. And then every week after that, it comes down like 5 degrees. And we have a chick waterer and a chick feeder, which is different. We also got regular size water and feeder for the coop. When it comes, the girls picked out purple. So female chickens, they have purple feeders. Purple water is cool. Um, so that went all in making the brooder. Then we had to figure out, well, what are we going to feed them? And what electrolytes are we going to get? So we got powder electrolytes to go in their water. Because when the chicks first arrive, I'm learned, the first thing you got to do is dip their beaks in water. So then they'll hydrate and they'll get their electrolytes. We chose to use medicated chick feed crumble, uh, Neutrogena, Neutrina, Neutrina, um, after watching a whole episode at a class that Haspa held with Neutrina and learning about how they put essential oils and they put certain herbs in their feed intentionally. Um, we're going to use the Neutrina feed. It is a little bit more pricey if you're somebody that's cost conscious, but um, I want to go the organic route. I want to make sure we have eggs that are good, high in protein, good with omegas, not high in cholesterol, none of that stuff. I also want to make sure our chickens are healthy and they make it through the winter. So we're going with the Neutrina medicated crumble for chicks. Picked up our grit. So a lot of you are like, grit, what's that? Well, every chickens have, right, they have a, um, oh my goodness, the words are escaping me. Um, it'll come back. Anyway, they have to eat the grit because they don't digest their food. Their food has to go through and be gritted up with the grit. So there's different size grit. There's chick grit, like you'll feed the chicks when they're a week plus. And then there's chicken grit that will mix in later when they're a little bit bigger. Our little chicks are going to live in this little rubber bait brooder inside the greenhouse until they're 10 weeks old. And then when they're 10 weeks old, they get to move into their coop. 
And I'm excited about not just the little chicks coming and making little videos and showing them to you all over Instagram and stuff, but I am also excited about them getting to explore the garden and getting the garden fenced in, the Potteridge area, not the herb garden because that's got stuff that's toxic and, you know, and we know poisonous plants. I grow some of that stuff. So no, not there, but actually getting them into the Potteridge to eat little bugs and to find little roly polies and squash bugs and aphids and eat that stuff. Um, and I am excited for the poop. And some people are like, why, Tiffany? I'm excited for the poop to go into the composter because before we left for Florida, I went ahead and built the pallet composter from the biodynamic uh, book that I have on moon gardening. And so that's been having, you know, things that we pull, grass clippings, produce clippings, tops of fruit and whatever going in there. And then we added roly polies to there because we did a roly poly trap with an orange. Okay. So basically you take an orange and you make slices and you put it down in, not inside the dirt, but you like push it down a little bit so it's level with the dirt. And then when it's cool out at night, the roly polies all go to the orange to eat. And then you go out in the morning and you scoop with a pair of gloves, preferably. You scoop up the orange and all the roly polies around it. And then you take and put those in your composter. And then the roly pulleys will help decompose all of that stuff for us. So we're moving roly pulleys out of the potager over to the composter. Um, next year, I'll probably actually order, order some earthworms and add those to the compost as well as the compost starts to build. So that's happening. We ordered our coop, as some of you know, it's been in our stories uh, from Carolina Coops. That was another big decision. Like, do we get a $200 chicken coop? from Tractor Supply or from Amazon. People tell me they only last a year, maybe not even, they're not very good. Or do we just spend the money and get a really nice chicken coop that we know is going to last 15, 20 years, that we know is going to be an addition to our property, that's going to be um, aesthetically pleasing to the eye and is going to, you know, just grow with our growing homestead. And so um, I looked on Etsy for a while because we built our own greenhouse, as many of you know, and bought the lumber and did all of that. I looked on Etsy for greenhouse plans and I knew kind of what I wanted. I wanted a greenhouse that kind of looks, or not a greenhouse, a chicken coop that kind of looks like a barn. I just kind of like that. And then I was like, no, I don't want to have to do all of that. Then we found Carolina Coops. And uh, in a few weeks, you guys, we're going to have Matt, the owner of Carolina Coops, on the podcast. So we'll get to learn from Matt kind of why he started Carolina Coops. But we found Carolina Coops on Instagram. Again, I find a lot of stuff on Instagram. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love it. They have three, four different varieties of coops that they make. And they can be painted any color you want. You can get a little Koopa to go on top if you want, which is like with the leather weather vane. We're not doing all of that. Um, you could get Dutch doors. You know, it's just like awesome. And he's got videos and he's got helpful tutorials and five stars all the way around. Like I have seen no complaints about any of their coops, whether I'm on somebody else's YouTube channel or not, nothing like that. And then I learned like family-owned business, supporting somebody in the U.S., um, supporting somebody that also gives back to the community. He just did a big build in uh, the Mendocino Jail. So that's out there. We'll talk about that on the podcast when Matt's on. And so somebody that's like, consciously aware. Um, and so I want to support their family. I want to support their business. So we ordered our 
American Coop style from Carolina Coops in February, right? And that's like five months later. Our coop is arriving tomorrow. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, our coop will be here. Uh, and so we're going to paint it white. It's going to have a black roof. I have this like childhood vision of these farms that I used to grow up around where all the house and all the outbuildings were the exact same color, right? And, and my husband's like, Tiffany, you're nuts. That doesn't make any sense. Well, Maybe it's the Capricorn, maybe it's my Virgo moon, but I want something that's like that. So um, the greenhouse is white, the bunny hutch is white, the chicken coop will be white with a black roof, um, and we'll see if next year if I splurge and I reside our house and garage to be white as well with black shingles, um, and then we would have this matchy matchy stuff going on. So. If you're listening and you're like, oh my gosh, me too. I know, right? When you drive by a farm and all the buildings are the same color and everything matches, it just looks sharp. It just looks nice. Um, looks like I get their stuff put together. They're organized. They know what they're doing. Well, whether they are or not, I don't know. But that's how it looks from the road. And I like that. So I would like to do that with our homestead um, over time is make everything kind of similar color schemed. And so it all kind of is matchy. So yeah, so chickens come, you mailman, right? Chicken coop is coming on a semi-truck and then we have to assemble it so you can watch over the next two weeks as we get it assembled, painted, and ready to go. And then we're going to do introduction of the chickens at nine weeks and at 10 weeks to their new coop, get them associated with that. We're going to be using a rain barrel. So the rain barrel is here, and I'm going to hook that up to the watering system. So the chickens will be having rainwater, which we'll add the electrolytes to. And um, I'll probably end up using oregano oil uh, in the essential oil in the water just to kill any bacteria and viruses that come from the rainwater. That seems to be helpful, and that's a good thing to do. And then we'll have more conversations on the podcast about what are the chickens eating and how are we giving them scraps and how are they working in the garden. So once we get the coop up, the, the chicken coop run is going to have what I'm calling a doggy door, but it's going to have a little door that's going to open and allow them to run out into the potterage. And so we have the fence post. I have to get the chicken wire. And we're going to fence the potterage in all the way around, which will actually allow the rabbit to run around a little bit more and allow the chickens to go out there and work. And that means going out in the fall and helping with breaking down some of the old vegetation, helping with the soil, um, being able to poop out there so it sits all winter with the snow. Um, and then going out again throughout the season as we get up and running and having them work and take care of some of the pests and the bugs that come into the potterage that we don't necessarily want. Um, so, and it'll also allow the chickens to have free range, right? To be able to get out in their, in their chicken run, but also get out in the potterage as well and give them space. And so that's going to be fun. The big debate right now is, so if you're, none of you are probably super familiar with our potterage, but our potterage is built on top of what used to be a swimming pool 50 years ago, approximately 50 years ago, 1970s, it's 2020. Yeah, 50 years ago, there used to be a pool there. And so there's a concrete, my kids, when they were younger, called it a racetrack. There's a concrete um, circle kind of, or rectangle that goes around in the middle of our backyard. 
And the sewing pool is completely filled up with dirt. And so 10 years ago, that's where we started the garden. The garden is now the Potteridge and is, you know, 350 square feet of growing space in raised beds. And so at the front of that is where the coop's going to go. The chicken coop is going there. And so that land is primarily mulch because over the last 10 years, there's been cardboard and mulch and cardboard and mulch. And so it's not exactly level. And so here comes the debate. Okay. And and so I paid somebody to come in and rototill up where the coop's going to go and like rake it level. So it's primarily dirt, but it's not right. And then um, last weekend, I spent three hours with uh, multiple levels and a shovel and all of this stuff putting pavers down in the shape of the rectangle. So it's six foot by 12 foot because that's how big our, our run is going to be in our coop from Carolina Coops. And so the pavers are out their level. And then I went to Home Depot and I got the, the gravel. And the gravel now needs to go along the pavers on both sides to help the pavers from not shifting when there's rain or there's water, there's drainage, right? So they create drainage. Okay, now here's the bigger question. Predator fence. So what is a predator fence? It's basically um, cloth wiring. So it's like wiring that you would put around a bunny hutch or um, some people use it inside concrete to create stability. So it's wiring that has rectangles in it. We have wiring. It's three feet by 100 feet. So we have to cut it. Does, and you have to staple I got to buy a new tool, a new fun tool, a pneumatic stapler that goes on the air compressor. So that was my new toy. Um, you, we have to staple that predator wire to the base of the coop all the way around the outside. And then we have to lay it out. So it goes out three feet, right? And the corners overlap um, to, so that if anything thinks it's going to like dig down in and dig underneath the coop to get to the chickens and have a meal in the middle of the night, when they start to dig down, they hit the wire and they can't dig through the wire. So here's here's the debate. Here's the question. Once we get the wire on, is that when we put the gravel around the pavers? Or do we put the gravel around the pavers now to create the stability, then put down the predator fence? And then I've got mulch because everything in our, our yard is mulched and every, like there's mulching around everything. I have mulch then to go around the coop so it kind of mimics the rest of my matchy homestead, right? So um, I think the thing to do is to now put the gravel just to make sure the pavers are stable and to build the coop, staple the predator, and then put the mulch on top, what we stapled on. So the mulch will come up about two inches above. Over time with biodynamic gardening, the mulch will break down and become dirt. And then what will happen is that the predator gate fencing, great, whatever you want to call it, will be buried between that two inches of that breakdown mulch that becomes dirt. And underneath of that, we would have the gravel. So we would have drainage into the soil. Now, I am not a civil engineer. I've not asked a civil engineer this question yet, but that is the debate. Does the gravel go first and then, and then the mulch? Or does the predator fence, then the gravel, then the mulch go? Weigh in on that on Instagram. Tell me what you think. What order does that go in? Very curious. Um, 
because we don't want our chicken coop to shift or sink or, I don't know, get out of whack because the ground decides to erode in one place or the other, right? So that's that's the larger debate that's going on. But yeah, the so for this podcast, chickens are coming, mailman. Coop is coming on a semi-truck. It will be assembled. The brooder is built. And again, Tractor Supply Company there. Chickens were ordered through Tractor Supply Company. The hatchery is sending those through the mailman. And we are ready to get going and rocking and rolling with these baby chicks. Now, the other question is, why are we getting chickens in July? And why did we not get them in March or around Easter like normal people? First off, my answer is we're not normal. We're weird. (laughs) But second answer, my kids are actually starting to tell people that now too. We're not normal. Um, Absolutely love that answer. But second thing is that in order for baby chicks to survive, they need 100 degrees. And so now with the greenhouse being built, it's a lot easier for me to maintain 100 degrees for them because the greenhouse is about 100 degrees every day. So I'll put the heater on, the brooder on at night so that their heat maintains. But majority, that's one reason we're getting the chicks. Second reason we're getting the chicks in July is because we did go to Florida and I didn't want to just leave baby chicks laying around not knowing what was going to happen. They have to have somebody up to watch them before us. Um, And I wanted to make sure we were within 10 weeks of receiving our coop from Carolina Coops so that our chickens wouldn't have to become greenhouse chickens and live in a greenhouse their whole life, that we actually had a coop to put them in. So those are some of the reasons why we're getting them in July. But in all honesty, knowing that chickens don't normally lay a lot of eggs in the winter and they don't lay eggs until they're eight months old, it's like perfect timing right now because they're going to be eight months old come February and they can start laying eggs with the spring. And if we would have gotten them in the spring – they would have been eight months old in November. It's too cold to lay eggs. We would have waited another four months. And then, right, so then we got chickens 11, 12 months before they ever lay eggs for us. That's no fun. Let's just get them now. They get their eight eight months old, and then they'll be laying eggs in the spring. And the girls are excited. They're already looking at egg stamps on Etsy and little, we can get egg crates and stamp them. We're just debating on what we want to call our egg farm. Do we call it the Cultivating Guts Farm? Do we just call it, you know, Butt Nuggets? Because that's what they keep saying and they're so funny. Um, Eggs are now also called Butt Nuggets because they're chicken nuggets that come, you know, they're eggs. Um, Or do we want to call it something else like Hinton Farm or Hinton Homestead or I don't know. So more to come on that. Just There's so much exciting stuff when it comes to the chickens. So I will leave you with where we are now. And if you want to follow along and see how the coop gets built and see the baby chicks and check all all of that out as we're getting chickens on the homestead and becoming a regular suburban farm, uh, check us out on Instagram at gfmomcertified. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I was riffing and just kind of talking and talking about chickens. Um, But I wanted to share with where we were at and what's going on with the homestead and what's coming up and everything that went into so far planning and getting the chickens to come to our little homestead. Share with me what your favorite part was. Was there anything you learned today or anything you were like, oh my gosh, or do you have advice for this big debate? Is it the, the, 
the predator friends or the gravel first. So also share with me your answer on Instagram at gfmomcertified. Ask me any questions you have. If you need information about any of the resources we talked about or you need links to find Homestead Hospa or Carolina Copes, let me know. I'd love to share those with you. Send me a private message. I am here for you and I am excited to see if any of you are encouraged or inspired to get your own chickens. Satnam, I love you guys. So if this episode was super great for you, remember to share it with your friends and send it to anyone who may love some inspiration or information that we shared today. To get our newest book, The Ultimate Green Witch Gardening Planner, uh, you can visit Amazon or our website, www.cultivatingguts.com, and you can get everything you need to get growing and cooking and having fun with your own food. Also remember our podcast sponsor today is Non-Disclosure Apparel and our private community code is GFMOM15. So we'll put that in the show notes and we'll also put that in our bio for Instagram. So if you're looking to find an everyday bra for yourself that's super comfortable and amazing, whether it's for you or your daughters, check out Non-Disclosure Apparel. Thank you so much for joining us today on Cultivating Guts.